I've titled it Taste and See God's Love. What you're not going to get tonight is a lovey-dovey message about God's love. Um, I could easily do that. I could tickle your, uh, you know, your soft, romantic, sensitive uh, buttons, um, and you could leave this place feeling gooey inside. And that's lovely. And that's lovely maybe for a few days, maybe a week. But what I want us to delve into, what I'm been pressed, what I've had pressed upon myself is that tasting and seeing God's love is, um, is a process. It's a development. It's something which, uh, is, is being embedded, uh, layer by layer by layer in my life, the deeper that I go in my relationship with God. So tonight is, is more of a challenge. It's a challenge of, of where, where are you on that, uh, on that walk of discovering God's love, of experiencing and walking in it, and how as we, uh, as the body, can be um, united in, in developing uh, that within one another and walking alongside one another to see that, uh, that love of God deeply uh, embedded strongly uh, uh, impri- imprinted, you know, like a, like a seal uh, upon our arm, you know, it's the so- Song of Solomon's. It's, it's there and it can never leave, okay? Because, because what I have come to experience, what I've come to know, is that I, I encounter, within my, my, my job role here, within my position here at The Rock, I encounter a lot of Christians from all different aspects of, of, of their walk, of their journey, and it amazes me that we, we have uh, an incredible victory, as has been prayed tonight, through uh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I wonder how many of us are truly walking in the, the measure of love that Christ showed for us um, in, in actually carrying out that act, in, in, in being that sacrifice. Is that a love that once we've received, is transforming us and taking us on a, an incredibly wild, exciting, uh, fulfilling journey in which not only is it impacting us, but it's impacting the lives of the people that are around us. So I, I hope that tonight is something that is a, a huge challenge um, for us, or at least something that just maybe sparks, maybe gets us thinking about where do we sit on the spectrum of of truly knowing God's love. So um, taste and see. Who enjoyed Greg's message on um, on steak the other week in the morning? Excellent. Few hands and uh, and the bread of life. We had that beautiful smelling bread as well that we engage with. Well, what is the food that is uh, we most commonly associate with love? Bingo! Someone said it instantly. Instantly, it might be a few other, it might be a few other foods for other people, but more than often, chocolate is the thing that we do. And so, on the on the same milk as um, as the previous services that we've had with steak and uh, bread, we're going to have an opportunity to taste some chocolate. Mmm. So um, I um, I'm going to have a, a little taste testing game with chocolate right now. So I need. Two volunteers, two chocolate connoisseur volunteers um, to help with my lesson objective. <sighs> Come on, Hezzy. Hezzy, what I need you, though, is I need you to bring up a, a, a friend, a, a, a very good friend of yours who you trust and love dearly, who will be your assistant in this. And who else? Sorry, who else? Who's that at the back? Come on, Jane. Here we go. And likewise, Jane. So we need we, we I need you to bring someone else up. And as uh, and as those guys have that, your friends are going to be blindfolding you. Here we go. So who's Darren? Who's Darren supporting? Ethan. Here we go, man. Okay, excellent. So Darren, pop uh, pop the blindfold on on Jaden. Likewise here, just make sure that they can absolutely not see a single thing. And as that's happening, I'll get uh, 
I'll get Mel to uh, to bring out the the selection that we have here. So, um, what we're going to be doing is um, is we've got two different types. Mel, if you can just pop that down there. We've got two different types of of chocolate that you're going to be tasting. Okay. Now, what I'm going to what I'm going to do, Hezzy, is once you've once, uh, actually once both you and Jaden have tasted the first um, piece, what I want you to do is to describe what it tastes like, the texture of it, and then we'll, we'll do the same for the second one, and then I want you to say which one you'd prefer to have more of and why. Okay? So, uh, boys, if uh, we start with, uh, yes you do, start with the, f- with, this is chocolate number one. Oh my love. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I should have got Mary Cuppies to do this. Okay, there's a bit of tasting going on. There's a bit of chewing. Bit of chewing. Oh, a little bit more. Okay. Okay, all right. So, Hezzy, tell me, tell me what, what, is it that you're, what is it that you're tasting at the moment? Tastes like plastic. Okay, tastes like plastic. What about the, text, uh, what about the texture of it? Uh, it's very dry. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, Jaden. What, what about what about for you, man? Um, it's quite. I can't even think of the word. I say lame, but that's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Dull in flavour. Dull in flavour. Mm. Okay. And 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 the, the texture of it. What 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 what's anything stand out particularly? Kind of like a stale wafer. Wow. Okay. Okay, well let's let that's 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 exhi- that's exhibit one. Um, so now now here's um, exhibit two. Now I'm going to have to ask the guys here just to make sure that they don't touch that particular bit because it might be a little bit hot. The plate should be fine though. Okay, all right, here we go. So this is chocolate type number two. Wait, 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 wait. That's all right. He'll tell you. Okay, there's some there's some hesitancy, but um, Jaden's Jaden started. There's some good there's some good noises going on from over here. Okay, Jaden, we'll start with you. So what's what's happening? What's going on? Magic. Oh, what's so t- tell tell me what's what are the what are the flavors? What is it what is it that's coming out right now? Oh, I can't even explain it. It's amazing. Like my oh, I know it's my favorite dessert. That's like my mum's one. <laughs> awesome. Hezzy over here is wanting more. Hezzy, tell me what's 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 happening. Um, uh, it's rich in flavour. Um, it's like it's it's got a nice texture. It's like nice and moist, and but the top's a bit burnt. <laughs> oh, <Kirk. laughs> but it's it's just I, I don't know. I just it's better than what was before because before was like. Real dry and stale, and it's just like, man, that is so disgusting. Who made that? It's like, man. Awesome, awesome. Guys, you can now take your blindfolds off. Thank you very, very much. Give them a round of applause. That's all right, I'll stay there. It's all good. So, um, ex- exhibit A was milk cooking chocolate. Walworth's home brand. Oh, some is and some home brand. You can always trust home brand. Good, good quality pricing. And uh, the, the second exhibit that we had was goo, um, chocolate souffle. It's one of these things. In fact, I might just, my goodness, as he's finished his one off, but I might just pass this one round just so that you get, get a bit of a smell. Have a, have, a, have a sniff of that. Take a look at the, the, uh, the moist chocolate. The, the smell and the, the texture is amazing. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that we as, as believers can so often choose to sit in the cooking chocolate camp of how we respond to God's love. We can pick it up, we can eat it, and, you know, it's, it's not bad, not wrong. It can be a little bit bland, but it has value. To a point, and can be used for other means. 
but I'm not in a position, just as Jaden has the experience, of really raving about it, of really being confident about being able to tell you, yeah, this is this is really good. This is this is something that I strongly can recommend to you. And then you have the goo, chocolate souffle of God's love. And there's all sorts of things that go off. It's rich. It's multi-layered. It's soft. And it's sweet. And it has an aroma. I'm smelling it right now. It's more fulfilling. It creates a desire within us to, to want more or completely polish it off. It gives us a passion to share exactly what it is that we've experienced. And, um, and we want to share that with others. We don't want to hold back from, from sharing that. Now, which camp of comprehending, walking in, living in God's love would you prefer to be? Would you rather be in the milk, chocolate, cooking, chocolate, or the goo, chocolate souffle, revelation? Well, I hope it's the latter. <laughs> I hope it's the latter. So that we as a body can, can journey together to encourage one another um, on this pursuit of, of, of the depth of God's love. And not just the, the depth, but the, the ability to taste and to see and to experience it for ourselves. It's something which is to be tangible. It is something um, to be experienced. And I believe that there is a, a work that, that God wants us to be open to that will lead us into a greater knowing of his love, that will build faith in the individual, but more importantly, will actually um, be building for, foremost into Christ's body uh, to step into the confidence of, of knowing who we worship and who we serve and and, and operating out of that correct posture of hearing and obeying, listening and going, hearing and obeying, listening and going. Because so much of the time, that's, that's the very thing that, that hinders us, is a, a deeper um, revelation of God's love to, to actually say, God, I, I, I don't know if that was you that I was hearing from. I'm not too sure whether that, uh, that, that person that you, you want me to go and share with is really coming from you. Is that really your heart? You'll know that you know that you know because of the love that is being embedded in you. It's being grafted. It's being created. And that comes out of that beautiful, intimate relationship that is available for each and every one of us. So I want us to open up your Bibles and come with me to Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. And let's see this internal work that needs to take place in order for us to know the most fulfilling, desirable, and ex uh, experiential love that is ours for the taking. Okay. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There are three things that I want uh, to break down from this passage tonight before we, um, we enter into something else. First thing, for us to take this journey of engaging and going deeper into God's love, it will take a step of faith, trusting on our part to allow Christ to dwell, for Christ and his love to dwell in our hearts. Now, you may say, Sire, that's easier than 
said, you know, it's easier said than done. Um, and you'd be absolutely right. <laughs> it's not easy. It was never said in the word that it will be an easy process. And I don't know where you find yourself on the spectrum of experiencing God's love. You may have just started out on your journey. You may have been on, on this journey for, for some time and experiencing some amazing things. But let me speak to you first and foremost to those of you who are struggling to have faith in allowing Christ to have all of your heart tonight. First of all, I want to establish Christ. I want to establish Christ to you um, as, uh, as was shared beautifully by, by Mel the other week, a few weeks ago. She shared Hebrews 4.15, which says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. Often when we try to, to share what, um, uh, what it is that we're going through with people, there are walls that go up. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, walls because either we're feeling guilty or we're, we're feeling ashamed, but often it can be uh, a factor of, of, of relatability. Like, I wouldn't necessarily go to one of you ladies uh, and be sharing uh, the deeps uh, of, of my struggles with, with pornography. Um, not to say that women don't struggle in that area, but there is something that I, that I just feel a whole lot more comfortable going to, to my male counterparts in, in being accountable and holding me strongly to that. Um, that just becomes easier. And uh, it's... It's beautiful to see that through this, this scripture in Hebrews that Christ in his absolute perfection and love, he sympathizes in our weaknesses. So those barriers, those walls can come down. We have that uh, beautiful access to him because he's experienced it. It's not just the simple sort of, oh, Chris, I know, I know, I know what you're going through, and a pat on the back. It's a... I know, I really know what it is that is happening in your life. I really know and I truly sympathize because I've been there and I've experienced it. And I've come out the other side and I've made the choice that was to bring life instead of death. Now that should be a huge comfort to us and a huge encouragement to engage with him, right? There is another aspect though and this is just beautifully that comes out of the Ephesians scripture. Paul identifies a key thing that is missing that, um, that is kind of like the catalyst from making um, uh, a, a, a scripture which is of truth and which is of promise um, just be the, the foundation that we build upon. But he, he goes deeper. He goes further with it. Um, let me, let, let me uh, uh, actually uh, uh, take you there. So come back to Ephesians 6, uh, 3, 16 to 18. And um, what? let's have a look again at what Paul identifies as what he's praying for for the Ephesians church. And this is amazing because it will, it, it will, will change it from making, making the fix of, of just being in the mindset of, of believing God's love for us is real to actually tangibly experiencing it. So he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high, wide, long and deep and high is the love of Christ. You see, <laughs> it's not a trick question, but why is he praying that we would have power? Why is he praying that we would um, obtain something that maybe we don't already have? Why is it that when we, we walk on this journey that we uh, can have a tendency of either slipping in and out of reminding ourselves of the incredible love that God has for us? Or even allowing that very thing to transform us. 
And Paul is identifying here that there is a lack of power that we as his people are, are, are not walking in, that if we were walking in, would transform our minds, our hearts, and our very living, our very being. Where does the power come from? Somebody tell me. It's in the scripture. It's nice and easy. Chat it out. Through spirit. Through spirit. Very good. Power comes through his spirit and is built where? Where is it built? Inner being. It's in our inner being. Come to, uh, come to Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 with me. Because this, this is something that is, uh, is so important for us to realize. We, we can so often take power and think it's like a, a Jedi power that we can, you know, kind of splash around and, you know, hand out onto people and, and that. But it's actually a power that God is wanting to do on the inside of us. It's wanting, He's wanting to transform inside that it would become a reality, that it would become embedded. That very scripture that I was using of taste and see, blessed that we would we would be refuge, we would rest, we would be safe within Him, we would be transformed in Him. So two Corinthians ten four to five talks about the power that we have as believers, the weapons we fight with. This is verse four. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what is the power? It's Him. It's Him. And it's available for us in His Word through the power of the spoken word, being able to speak the, 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 power, the power that is within the word out and over your life, the incredible power of prayer and fasting, and through the testimony that also comes from one another that we each have the privilege of walking alongside and experiencing. I am never, I've never, I was never designed by God to do this journey by myself. And if I, I, I could so easily take, take the word and go off into my own little cor- corner and come up with my own belief system about the love of God. But then when I'm sitting and I'm walking with each and every one of you and hearing the testimony, hearing the life, hearing the very power of what is coming out of you when you've overcome, when you've come through that tough uh, patch, when you've, you've taken your eyes off of the circumstance and lifted your eyes upon him, to see the transformation in your lives, that it's then a stepping from a I believe or stepping from a milk cooking chocolate to a goo chocolate souffle understanding of his love. Having, having seen this in my, in my own life has just been an incredible privilege. And this is... This is why I want to, uh, to, to, to speak to this so strongly tonight is because I, I recognize with all the different walks that we're on, with all the, with all the tough, the, the bad experiences that you may well have experienced, whether it been uh, being loved badly or wrongly or mistreated or suffering from, uh, from depression, or anxiety, whatever it is that has been a blockage from allowing God's love to, to come in, this, uh, this, very, uh, this very thing has been worked out in my, in my own life um, in, in, in allowing, uh, allowing the Word of God and allowing brothers and sisters to, to come around and to support me, so allowing them into my life, allowing them to... Uh, Allowing myself to trust, allowing myself to have the faith that God first and foremost will bring people to around me to support me in that particular area, but that also he will direct me 
in his word. He will also direct me through, through prayer, what it is that I specifically need to uh, seek out, what I specifically am hungry for within that area. And what I want to say is that if you're, if you're anyone in that camp, I'm telling you that the power is Christ. The power to overcome is Christ. The power to overcome is in his love. The power to, to overcome is, is found through his character, through his nature, through intimacy uh, in and through him. And I, I couldn't have experienced that if I didn't submit to that process, if I didn't allow myself to, to lay down my own beliefs of what I had experienced in the past, whether it had been bad relationships with girlfriends or people mistreating my love. The only person who could cure that was Christ. The only person who could uh, restructure me, rebuild me into the very person that I am today was Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. Secondly tonight, having Christ, which we've established as the power that we can, we can grab hold of, that we as believers are, 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 are to have embedded within us. Having Christ rooted in us, will bring the revealing of how high, how deep, how wide and long his love for us, which is, which is when I say us, is his church, truly is. And um, Carl, I wonder if you'd put that slide up uh, for me. This, um, these pictures which I'm just about to show you are my beautiful niece, Sophie Bear. Uh, who lives over in uh, Kent in uh, England uh, with my brother and sister. And I want to give testimony and grounding to uh, this uh, being rooted in Christ, what this power um, unfolds in order for me to to come into a greater uh, and deeper understanding of God's love. So this girl, she is a miracle. She is an absolute miracle. My brother and sister-in-law have been struggling for 12 years to have children. Several uh, miscarriages happened before um, this one. And there was a particular time that, uh, and I've shared this with with some of you before, uh, where we were uh, praying and fasting for the healing and the restoration of, uh, of ourselves or people within the body. And I said to God, this is, this is the time for, for transformation. But um, I'm willing, I'm accepting whatever it is, the journey that you're going to take me on to bring me into a greater understanding of knowing who you are. I think it was the Friday night. It was the last night of my fast and um, I get a call from uh, my dad my brother and sister-in-law just had their last IVF treatment and this was going to be the last of the last. My sister's in her, um, her mid-40s, which makes it even more miraculous. Um, and uh, they'd had the treatment and they'd gone home and my dad gets on the phone to me and says, Sai, um, Kirsten has, um, has started bleeding and... Um, and we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond. And I could tell, even while listening to my dad over the phone, there was anger that was just gut-wrenching for him because he didn't understand or know why or what was happening in a situation where there had been prayer and petition and intercession and incredible things that had gone on on behalf of my brother and sister. And um, he said, I just want to tell you this so that you can pray. Just pray. And we finished the phone conversation there. And I just got on my knees. I just, it wasn't a prayer of begging, because I know that God doesn't respond to begging. <laughs> That's not the God that I, I trust and believe in, because I'm a son of God. And as a son of God, I don't have to beg before my king, I just got on my knees and said, God, you know what's happening in this situation. They love you. 
with all their heart. But sometimes it's really difficult to understand why these things happen. But if it's your will, you know exactly what will bless and glorify your name, what will bring glory to you in this whole situation. And so I leave it before. I mean, it wasn't as simple as this, man. I was, I was charging around the bedroom, fists raised, because when you, when you're hungry for something, you just get passionate and you just go crazy. I left there that night. Emma and I went to sleep. I get a call again from my dad first thing in the morning. Simon, your mother wants to speak to you on the phone. <laughs> I think, oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> have I done something wrong? Mum comes on the other end and says, Sigh, it's, uh, it's an absolute miracle. They uh, decided to go to the hospital and, um, and recognised that there was healing uh, straight away, that the blood had clotted and the, uh, the womb and, and, and the, the uterus and everything had been fully restored just overnight. And there was complete wholeness that had come. And you can just imagine, I'm just listening on the end of this phone. My mouth is just grinning from cheek to cheek because it wasn't because God had placed and had kept a baby growing in my sister-in-law's body, but that because he wanted his name to be glorified through the very situation that happened. And right now, I have a, a niece, a beautiful, healthy niece that is the byproduct of God's power and his love for me and my family. And that's something that I can always be rest assured. It's imprinted. It's sealed upon my arm that I can trust God no matter what. It's not to say that he'll, you know, he'll, he'll bring the healing every time, but I can rest assured that I can come in before the presence of God, stand as a son and say, God, help, help, whatever the, whatever it is I'm going through, I need your help because I can trust and rely on you because you've shown yourself to be faithful to me in the past. You'll show yourself to be faithful to me now, whatever that outcome is. And I know that it's because you're doing something incredible in my life. And it's because you love me and you want to build something afresh and healthy within me. He wants to root us, plant us deeply, rooted into him, that these instances, these experiences would become a, a regular thing. But as I said, you've got to make that decision. Are you going to trust him? Are you going to have faith that what it is that you bring before him will take you into a greater place of knowing the love that he has for you? So I could, I could so have easily stayed on the cooking chocolate and have gone to him begging or just thinking that was it and just decided not to pray and got more angry and chosen a different route. But I had impressed upon me knowing that the power was found in Christ to say, I want to reach for the chocolate fondue. <laughs> I want to taste and see that you're good, God. I want to see that you have something far greater for me and my family. Because that was the greatest thing. I loved the fact that my dad was dumbstruck by the incredible love of God through that instance. And to see that that itself has been embedded in him as well. Lastly tonight, there is a knowing that surpasses the knowledge that he loves us which will lead us into some of the fullness he has for us. No, not the sum. Half of it. No, 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 not even half. All of the fullness that he has for us. That is good news, people. That is such good news. But that's the, the beautiful thing of the picture that I have, is that I can be on milk cooking chocolate, and as I said before, it's all right. It is a bit bland. You're right. But it's taken me to a place of actually believing that God loves me. So I've actually tasted 
I have experienced. And it's done something to me to go, oh, I wonder if there's anything better out there. I wonder if there's something that he's got for me that as I go deeper in my relationship with, I'm going to experience something even better than what I have. And that's where the difference between this whole thing of simply believing, but now knowing that he loves us will take us into that fullness that he so promises. John 6, 68 to 69. And this is just after Jesus has uh, spoken um, and shared with the disciples and a number of them have left him. Simon Peter uh, answers back to Christ after he says, are you going to leave as well? He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, I've read that passage heaps of times. In fact, I think I was going to include it in a, a previous message of mine. And I've completely missed in the past what Peter said and uh, needed to go back and read it again. Go back and read it again. And seeing that in verse 69, he says, We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. They haven't just sat soaking on the sucking on the, the cooking chocolate. They've taken that journey of intimacy with him and experiencing the living Christ in their own lives to then walk into I now know. And why would I leave you, God? Why would I leave you, Christ? You hold the keys to life. You hold the keys and the words of eternal life. And it's, it's so important that we come from that place of, of simply believing to knowing because it will transform you. It will transform you, people. I just know and have experienced in my life that even on the journey that I'm in, that there are areas that I used to just simply believe because that's what I was taught. That's how I grew up as a Christian. I've been in the church all my life. But have I actually pursued him deeper to actually come into that knowing? And that's for me, if I'm really honest, has only happened over the last three, four years. And it's been an incredible journey. And it has transformed my, my worship to him, which is my lifestyle. It's the way, the way in which I interact with others. The, the patience, the grace, the love that, that Christ has built in me for other people is transformational. The way in which I engage in, in personal um, songs of declaration and praise. Like he's, he's taken me to a, a level of abandonment, but I know there's more. And isn't that exciting to know? It's not something where I should feel down about that I haven't come to... Um, come to the completion, but actually he's got more for me to grab hold of. There's probably something even better than goo chocolate souffle. Maybe. <laughs> but there is. There's, there's something deeper and greater and greater that he's wanting to pursue. And, um, and so now I just want to, um, I want to get up a, a couple of my friends who, um, are gonna, uh, as part of what, um, what I've shared tonight, just are, in the middle of experiencing what it is that we've um, what we've been sharing and talking about, and I've got a, a couple of questions for them. So I just want to welcome up Cena and uh, and Chris and Mel, and really appreciate you guys for um, for taking the time to to do this. We um, can use this mic here because I don't just want it to be something that you hear from the front. You hear from Oh, I heard it from the pastor, so it's great that he's living in that reality. But how is it that we as the body, how is it that people here are engaging and experiencing on this process? So, um, so I have three questions, which I'm asking you guys. And um, first question is, um, at what point in your life uh, did you go from a place of believing that God loved you, to actually knowing that he loved you. Go on, Chris. 
that that is um that's it, it instantly comes to mind because it was so vivid and so real um i grew up in a very loving caring family um we went to a catholic church and uh, i guess we were sort of it was drummed into us that we weren't any good that god was a judge that you know there was that real solid um fear i suppose uh, of God being someone with a hammer and, uh, you know, if you sinned, if you stuffed up, that was it. And and I always came under that terrible feeling of guilt and uh, God was always distant. God was always, was he angry at me? I didn't know. And so I tried to work it out. I tried to live a good life. I tried to do all the best things I could in my own strength. But when I failed, I had this terrible feeling of, had I done enough or did it cancel out everything or did I have some stuff in the bank left or what, I didn't know. But one day I was invited to um, this uh, Full Gospel for Men's Fellowship breakfast. I had no idea what it was. All I knew was it had breakfast in it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I came along and there was this guy who gave his testimony and there was something about it. I mean, I'd heard the gospel a number of times. But there was something in it that rang true in here, and my heart was beating. And I remember going up and, and, and um, surrendering my life to Christ. Now, I was slain the Spirit. Now, I had no idea what slain the Spirit was because I'd never seen it before. But I was knocked by the power of God, and I was on the floor, and I couldn't get up. And it was like the wave of love just sweeping over me over and over again. It was the most beautiful experience and for the first time, number one, I had no fear of death. It was like I didn't feel like I had to do anything because God had done it. And I knew instantly that he had done everything for me. I couldn't do anything. He had done it. And it just radically changed my life because suddenly I realized I was loved and accepted by him, the one who created the universe and all those things. It was the most, it was the most beautiful and powerful experience that absolutely changed my life. And I'll never forget it. I got up off that floor totally different and changed. And my whole personality was changed as well. Awesome. Sorry, I do apologize. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, when I became a Christian um, six years ago, um, all I knew of as love is what I read about in the Bible. Um, until about two years into my walk, um, um, I finally believed he loved me. Um, long story short, um, they found a lump under my left arm and then they did all the checks. And um, during that process, it was the first time I actually remembered crying for years. And then it was the first time I actually um, asked for help. Um, probably one of those people that it's, it's easy for me to help you, but um, I... I don't actually know how to ask for help. Um, and um, um, when I came to a place where um, I humbly asked God to please um, heal me, um, and he did heal me, and um, that was the first time um, I believed in his love. And I also, too, believe that he did heal me because um, as 16 years ago, I lost a parent through the same illness. And, and, this, yeah, and this is the first time where then I believed about his love. Um, the process of knowing his love um, was different again. Um, the process of that was... Um, when God filled this massive void that I thought was impossible. And the reason why I say it's impossible um, um, was because um, about the fact um, I was probably, I was born with this void. Um, and then there was a couple of my, ch um, then there was the loss of a parent. Um, and then probably also to um, rejecting God because I made that choice which obviously created that void. But six years after my mum passed away, 
my father and sister was killed in a car accident. So you can imagine this void went from the size of a pin to the size of New Zealand. And I just thought it was impossible for that void to be filled until about two years sitting over there, the back there. Um, it was a night service. And again, I cried, which is a good thing for me. <laughs> um, and um, it was the first time I've ever, um, the, I ever uh, felt just an overwhelming sense of love. It, it was so overwhelming for me where I was, I was just on my knees, just being so grateful um, because I am a blessed individual as well too, that I'm loving family, loving friends, you name it. But none of them and nothing could fill this void but God. And that just blew me away and I realised, oh my God, this whole thing is spiritual. And um, yeah, I look forward to, yeah, love it. Um, I think at a, I couldn't pinpoint <clears throat> exactly when I knew I was loved, but just as a young girl, um, always had a, a deep awareness of God as a father, and uh, just the the sense of His enormity, His that he's sovereign, that he's the creator, yet his attention and his eyes were on me. Um, And I think that's for everybody. But I just had a real deep sense of that and always very aware of that. And so um, that was from a very young age. But then there were experiences um, where I remember one night I was staying at a friend's house and we must have been about 10 years old. And we were staying with a girl who was about 16, and it was me and my best friend, and we were lying in the lounge, and we, we got onto the subject of whether God was real. And um, I remember my friend, because the older girl had said she didn't believe in God, she agreed, and I couldn't believe how heartbroken I was to hear that. And um, I just totally disagreed and actually got a little bit offended. <laughs> and uh, they got up and they actually left me in the lounge and went and slept in the other room. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm a bit of a scaredy cat in the dark, but um, I remember just having such a piece of of God and just that the Father loved me and I didn't I didn't care what others thought and I, I knew that he was real and that he loved me. And so I've always um, <clears throat> felt blessed when my mum was sick. When things happened, I felt blessed because I felt very aware, a deep knowing that I was loved by the king. Mm. So awesome. Wasn't it yeah. Mel, maybe, sorry, you could probably start with, um, on this next one of yeah. what is it that you're experiencing now in your walk um, with God that tells you, um, that you're on a journey of, of discovering um, that he has even more to, to show you in, in this particular area of, of his love? Yeah, I've um, just got my notes. So I'm going to read from it. I was just thinking about it this afternoon. But um, more than ever, I um, am starting to understand his unjustified and terrifying but loving grace towards me. Um, and and that um, there's a maturing process that I I have to go through. But in the maturing, it's all covered by his grace Um, because as I get older, and I I don't know about everyone else, but, um, you know, I have found that I am so much more susceptible to a hardened heart and unbelief. And as a child, I believed very quickly um, my heart was always open and dependent. And so as I've gotten older um, and I, 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 like this, can realise how my heart can turn from him, especially when I don't understand things or when a situation seems hopeless, I get disappointed, um, you know, but um, it's understanding that he wants to mature Christ in me, but I need all the grace I can get for that process to happen. And so um, it's profoundly important to me in this stage because I still want to cling to immature things. And I was thinking about it because, you know, in the Word, it's, and on one hand Paul says, 
um, I just wrote it down. You know, he says, um, I'm going to put away, I put away childish things. But on the other hand, it says, you know, approach God as a child and that we, we should be as children in the kingdom. And I thought, what is the, the two tensions, you know, of be a child but don't be a child? And um, so it's living in the middle of that, I think, is, is what I'm learning. But it's all by his grace. So it's one thing I'm learning, not the thing. For me now, I think over the last, um, more in the last, I suppose, five, six years, more and more I'm coming to realize that love is not just a, love is not a feeling. He's a person. And that's made a huge difference because your emotions go up and down. You can feel dry, you can feel happy one minute, you can feel sad, you can feel grieved, you can feel all these different things. But when you come into the truth that love is a person, Jesus Christ, boy, that changes everything because he doesn't go up and down like me. And and for for me, coming into that, and what I've discovered too, more and more, is that there's so much more of God I didn't know. And, you know, I thought I had God all tied up in a little box. And I thought I, I knew God, but I'm coming to understand more and more he's so much more to know and his desire is for us to know him. And because of that love and acceptance... I can pursue him more. And that's what he wants. He wants us to be, to be drawn into him. And so it's not an emotion. It's, it's a truth. Jesus is the truth. And so there's that drawing. And, and that's been my walk recently more than anything else is pursuing him because he is love. And you know, my love is so insignificant. It can't do anything. And I'm coming to realize more and more that I need his grace and I need his love. Because I'm so inept myself. But boy, when you're filled with his love and with his power and his life, you can make, you know, things change because he changes you from the inside out. And then it just flows out of you rather than having to be manufactured or produced or something that you have to make up. It's something that changes here because he's real. And uh, that's been my journey and is still my journey. It's, um, I'm so on the very beginning little rung of it if you like and he's so great Mm. Um, what I'm experiencing is life um, life in him Um, uh, when he speaks when God speaks I have no questions Um, and um, I um, I have no more questions to satisfy my needs so then I can justify following him um, what I'm experiencing is eagerness, not because I have to, but because I want to. And this journey is not an option for my Christian life. It's a reality for my rebirth. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's all good. Um, okay, we, we have, um, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on things for, for time purposes and that, so I really thank you guys for sharing. That's huge. We're